Hey everybody, this is Jeannie Faulkner and you're listening to Pregnancy Parenting and Politics, the podcast where we talk and talk and talk some more. I'm a registered nurse with almost 20 years experience in labor and delivery. I'm the mother of many and I'm the author of the book Common Sense Pregnancy, which is available wherever you buy your books. My work in these areas has taught me again and again that our success and ability to live our lives well is deeply entwined with systems and policies that are not always in our control. Stuff like work, our work lives and policies there, childcare, healthcare, and educations. Most of us don't have as much control over these issues as we'd like, unless, of course, we have great economic resources. What we do have control over, though, is our civic engagement, who we vote for, and how we represent ourselves as citizens of the world. That we can do. So that's what we talk about here on the, on the podcast about how pregnancy, parenting, and politics impacts our lives as women and men and parents and families and what we can do as individuals to make change happen. So it's another hot week in politics with Trump and his administration identified as super spreaders of COVID-19. I sure as hell don't know what Trump's up to with his return from Walter Reed Medical Center, his ridiculous display on the White House balcony, and his tantrum today where he quit negotiating on the next COVID stimulus package and mandated that there would be no action taken on that until after the election. Who knows what he'll say or do tomorrow, and I wouldn't be surprised if he flipped course entirely on that. I also wouldn't be surprised if he relapses hard, and at this point, anything could happen. In steep contrast to all this criminal nonsense, Joe Biden gave a speech today, October 6th, in Gettysburg. It was brilliant, powerful, and presidential as can be. His focus was on ending the stark polarization that's happening in politics, healing the divisions between parties and working together for the good of our nation. He talked about COVID, racism, healthcare, social injustice, and what he'll do to help us all heal as a nation. I've heard none of that talk from the other candidate, and I'd really encourage you to go find Biden's speech on YouTube or C-SPAN and give yourself an inspiring dose of the reality our country could grow into one that's healthier, more equal, safer, and just for ourselves and our babies. And then vote, vote, vote. What else is going on? Well, this is National Midwifery Week, which celebrates midwives and midwife-led care. Personally and professionally, I think expanding the roles and ranks of midwives is the solution we need to drastically improve maternal health care in the U.S., Midwives are better suited to take care of normal, healthy women, and the data supports that. I've been fortunate to work with midwives all throughout my career, and I admire their skill, compassion, and knowledge beyond measure. Thanks for all you do, my midwife friends, for making women's lives healthier. So this week's guest talks about a topic we've touched on a lot here on the podcast, fitness and yoga and all its pregnancy benefits. But she talks about it from a little different perspective, about taking ownership of your body and well-being and using that as your own motivation. 
Pregnancy and the postpartum period are times when your body is not all about you anymore, but by adding exercise, movement, and time for self-care, you can reclaim your body's ownership. So enough with the grim politics out there this week. We'll take a super fast break and then we'll get right back to this week's guest. All right, we're back and we are ready to chat. Kelly Bryant is a prenatal and postnatal yoga teacher and personal trainer and the owner of Kelly Bryant Wellness. Let's get Kelly on the line. Hi, Kelly. It's Jeannie. How are you? Hi, Jeannie. I am very well. Thank you so much. Well, good. It's nice to have you in on the conversation here. I appreciate it. I'm so so excited to be here. Before I start asking you the hard questions, where in the country are you? I am in Stewart, Florida, which is a little town on the East Coast just north of Palm Beach. Wow. What's it like there right now? Actually, it's gorgeous. We just got our first day of fall and the humidity dropped from like 10,000% to 10. Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. It's delightful. It's still in the 80s, but like it's actually dry. And this is, it like takes me straight back. My daughter was born in October and she Mm -hmm. was born in the first cold snap of the year. And I say cold snap, like it was the first day in the 70s. All day. (laughs) Sweater weather in Florida. Totally, totally. We always do that every year. It's like you put on a sweater the first day, it's like 65 in the morning. And then by the (laughs) afternoon, you're like, it's 78 and you're dying. Um, Yes, but it takes me like right back. My daughter is turning two this year. And this time of year always takes me back to being super pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. I had a September baby. And yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Late September. So, you know, all the heat of summer, you get all of that benefit there. All the sweaty humidity. Yeah. Yeah. But at least you don't have to deliver in a million degrees. There's that small lighting. I actually think that being pregnant in Florida in summer is awesome because you just sit in a pool all the time. Oh, okay. You just literally never get out of the pool. It's delightful. (laughs) And everybody just does that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I'm a wuss. I'm I'm, like, I was raised here. And so you try to go in the pool in winter and like, no, it's like 68 degrees. The pool is like 70. Absolutely Mm. not. No. So it's lovely to like get the weight off. Well, I tell you what, speaking of that, um, we haven't actually formally introduced you yet. I did. Sure. I, did read your, I did read your bio before we got you on the line. But the big hard question first usually is, who are you and what do you do? Sure. Um, so my name is Kelly Bryant. I created and uh, own a company called Kelly Bryant Wellness, where I help people, I like to say, fix their abs, stop peeing their pants, and get back to feeling like themselves after having a baby in less time per day than your partner spends on the toilet. Whoa. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to pull people in. That's very well done. Yeah. yeah what so else? The, the formal education is I'm a prenatal yoga instructor and I am a personal trainer. I also have a background in group exercise and mm-hmm. I got pregnant myself and was like, before getting pregnant, thought, you know, oh, I know how to modify exercise for pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. And then I actually got pregnant and was like, Ugh. 
I don't know what I'm doing. And then you found out. And then you found out. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, as I was pregnant, I, I'm like trying to do research. I'm very, very into evidence. And I like to read the original research studies and come to find out like there isn't good evidence on this. And there's not a lot of um, palatable, comprehensible recommendations as to what people should be doing while pregnant and postpartum. And so I decided to just make that myself. I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. And I've, um, you know, I, I went back and got my prenatal certification in yoga and I just like consumed all the webinars and all the classes and all of the podcasts and all of the books and all of the things I could possibly read and have kind of developed my proprietary approach, which is um, breathing, core and pelvic floor engagement and relaxation, posture, and calming down the nervous system or learning how to relax. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So how'd you find your way into this career? Great question. I actually um, studied journalism in college and I like to say that I'm a millennial, so I'm on my third career. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I I graduated in the 0809 recession. And mm-hmm. oops, I don't recommend it if people have a choice. <laughs> don't graduate in a recession. And of course, nobody was hiring journalists. So I um I did the next best thing. Well, I I moved to New York with my husband. You know, I was like, New York City, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go work for like a magazine or something. And magazines were not hiring people. And Mm -hmm. I ended up working for a health and fitness company called Greatest, um, which is still around today, but was purchased by somebody else. And I started writing about health and fitness. And I was not a particularly active person. I didn't have a particular interest in that area. It's just what I got into. And that kind of sparked an interest in wellness for me. And then I was recruited to go work at a company that more people have heard of now, which is Noom, the weight loss app. Mm -hmm. And I worked at first, I wrote all of the content that was in the app a bajillion years ago. And then I moved into marketing. So I did that for quite a while until kind of completely burned out. My I, I got my yoga teacher training while I was working full-time thinking that it was just something I would, you know, do for fun and I was interested in and it was kind of a hobby. Um, you know, that whole like double income, no kids thing. I was like, sure, yeah, yeah. I'll just go do a yoga <laughs> teacher training. Like, why not? Um, yeah. And I completely burned out of working at a tech startup in New York City and my husband and I quit our jobs and traveled around the world for a year and a half. And ended up settling back down in my hometown, and I made fitness my full time career. Woo, woo! Well done. Yeah, well it's, done. I think yeah. I got the origin story into two minutes. I like I'm keeping yeah. keeping working on making it as short and sweet as possible. It, well done, well done. So I think that your pregnancy and birth, and you mentioned that you have a two year old. They are really transformative times in mm-hmm. women's relationships to their bodies. It's, you know, for many, many, many women, it's, it's among the first times that they really own it. They Mm -hmm. really own what happens in their body. And, 
unless they've had opportunities to do sports and fitness activities. And you see Mm -hmm. kind of a lot of crossover between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, I bet you see a lot of that. It's so interesting because unfortunately, I think a lot of people move into pregnancy in a very, either like a, a victim or a defensive posture. Mm-hmm. where they've defined them, you know, for the athletes, they've defined themselves as their body. You know, mm-hmm. they are their ability to go to spin five times a week, or they are their ability to lift really heavy weights and to do pull-ups or something like that. And so now, especially the, you know, this generation is coming in being like, I'm not going to let pregnancy ruin my body. I can keep doing everything, whatever. Um, and they've heard these horror stories. And so it com- they come in like in a very defensive stance or the other side of it, which is just complete um, abdication of responsibility, which mm-hmm. I, I don't want to make it sound like that's anyone's fault. I think the word abdication maybe has a bit more of a connotation than I intend, but <laughs> I get it. I get it. You know, you, we've, we've been culturally trained, you know, be a good girl, be quiet, be likable, be friendly, go with the flow. And so especially people just in the face of medical authority, especially exactly. there. And, yeah. and I struggle with it too. I'm like, I'm very open with people when they say like, you know, this, this, and this happened. I, first of all, I'm not a doctor. I don't give medical advice, but they'll say this, this, and this happened. And I'll say, you know, you're welcome to get a second opinion. And I mm-hmm. know how hard and how scary that is. And it's something that like, I'm not chomping at the bit to have to do that for myself either. I'm like, oh, myself. I don't want to have to do yeah. that. Yeah. But you know, what's, what I'm seeing though, in that department is that it is evolving both on mm-hmm. the um, patient side and on the caregiver, the provider side that people mm-hmm. are recognizing that no, you really do. You, it, we're having a different relationship with our bodies now. So there's a lot more ownership. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's the, what I love to hear from, well, I don't love to hear that clients have had negative experiences with their providers, but I love when people will say, well, I was going to a doctor who told me sex was just going to hurt now mm-hmm. and to lighten up. And I went and I was like, I'm not going to this doctor anymore. And they went and found a new doctor. I'm like, yes. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. So tell me who are the women who find themselves, you know, at your studio or under your care? Yeah. So, um, I will say a lot of the people who I work with are digital. Uh, that was true before COVID, but definitely true now. Um, so I say digital, you mean working from home? Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. So I, I see people both individually and in groups all via Zoom. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of um, urban working women who are, you know, pretty progressive and have like some pretty strong ideas about what what they want their life to look like and what they want, you know, that... <laughs> I am not in the business of trying to convince people what their relationship with their body should be like. Like, it's not, you know, if, if you have X, Y, and Z symptoms and that's, you're fine with that, that's fine. Like I can, I can inform you and educate you that you have options, but I'm Mm -hmm. not here to tell anyone like, 
you have to have an incredible sex life and you have to have the ability to get out of low back pain. And like, you know, it's up to other, it's up to every individual to decide what their priorities are. But the people who tend to work with me are the people who come in and they're like, I am four months postpartum. My low back has never hurt as bad as it does now. And that is unacceptable. I'm like, yeah, right. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the symptoms that, that you see? You mm-hmm. mentioned low backache. You mentioned yes. pain. So low what back else? pain. Low back pain is probably the most common. Um, mm-hmm. Right up there with low back pain is urinary incontinence. And mm-hmm. those, I mean, everything, truly, I think everything is very simple to, to work with. It's just mm-hmm. hard work. It's yeah. not, you know, a lot of this, of course, like, pelvic floor PT is super beneficial. And if everybody in this country could get, you know, a pelvic floor physical therapy evaluation postpartum, like that would be the dream. But for people who can't due to access or due to um, cost, a lot of these things are pretty simple to deal with. So if the OBGYN has cleared them or the midwife has cleared them for exercise, um, I'm, I often end up being like kind of an in-between option where I'm like, I'm not a pelvic floor physical therapist. I am never going to put my hands on you. But like, if, if you're cleared for exercise and this is safe, here are some things I would try. So I said low back pain, pelvic floor PT, or, uh, pardon me, um, urinary incontinence pain with sex is a pretty common one that I see. Um, and then the big, it's not a symptom, but one of the biggest concerns that people have is just like, uh, overwhelm and like wanting to just feel reassured that they're doing the right things so that they can go back to running or spinning or CrossFit or something like that, that mm-hmm. they just want to like have someone give them a checklist and be like, do this, 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 and this, and then you're going to be good to go. All right. Great. So you, e- when we emailed, you mentioned that, um, Owning your body and choosing to believe you still matter after having mm-hmm. a baby is a radical act. Not that it should be, but it is. Tell me a little more about that. Yeah, I think one of the things that I love about group training. So right now, my only group that I run is my postpartum group. Um, I think it's really comforting for new parents to just be like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, you know, they're all, they're all like kind of coming to me in these, in these hushed tones and saying like, Hey, this, this, and this is happening. And like, I don't think that's okay. And I don't think this is how I want it to be. Like it, do I have a choice here? Like, can I, can I choose to believe that I still matter? And of course there's, there's, uh, a flaw in even like coming to the table with the thought, like, is it okay for me to choose to believe I still matter? But I come from like a very empowered stance of like, you are the only person who gets to decide what's important to you. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to come in and say every single woman needs to be a working mom or that I'm going to say that there's a right way to parent or that I'm going to say that if you care about yourself, then you're going to do my exercise program. I don't think any of that is true. But I do think for people who want options and want to feel kind of welcomed and accepted for saying, hey, I'm, I'm still the star of my life. I am not giving up my identity 
to this child who I love very much, but who is not me, <laughs> um, it, it can be really comforting to come into a group um, and to work with a, a trainer, to work with their body um, in a way that says, you're not doing this for other people. You're not doing this for the scale or for the magazine covers or for the camera or for Facebook or even for your partner, but just because you want to feel like a badass again. Yeah. Yeah. You want to feel your healthiest and as well as you can possibly feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also wrote about the two lies our culture has taught about pregnant bodies. Mm-hmm. What are those two lies? So we either believe that, I mean, so the, the old school take is you're fragile, take it easy. You know, I have a lot of um, prenatal people who come in and they say, my mother keeps telling me to lie down. Like, you know, my, my family thinks I'm crazy for wanting to exercise. Am I crazy? Um, so that's a, like, that's one of the myths. And then the other myth, of course, is the reaction to it, which is you can do everything you were doing before. Like you're incredible and you're so strong. And that means that you can, and that you should do all of the things you were doing before. And don't get me wrong. If you're Serena Williams and like your career is your body and it's really important to you that you be able to like play, you know, as a professional athlete when you're pregnant. Okay, fine. That's one perspective, but that's not the only option. You can also say, you know what? I think I want to play at like 70% of my normal capacity and that's perfectly fine. And that you can make decisions when you're pregnant that actually ultimately serve your body better and longer than just focusing on performance during pregnancy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do you teach women to um, address those issues and mm-hmm. to listen to their bodies when they're exercising, both pregnancy yeah. and postpartum? I mean, a big, a big, big part question. of it. Sorry. Yeah. So no, I, I love this question because, because it's hard. I'm only interested in the hard questions. Um, (laughs) the, uh, a lot of it comes down to the why, right? So again, if you're a professional athlete and your why, like the reason that you're training when you're pregnant is so that you can go like win a grand slam, like, okay, fine. Like let's train for that. But coming in and saying, you know, asking yourself the, the really difficult questions of why do I want to exercise? whose, whose thoughts am I acting out here? Whose ideas of what it means to be a woman and a mother and to be a feminist and to be me, like what, who, who do, who am I trying to please here? Um, like, that's a really big question that I, that I have people ask themselves to, to hopefully get to. And I mean, most of the time the answer comes down to something along the lines of like, um, during pregnancy, people want to exercise either to make their pregnancy easier and more comfortable, to make their birth, quote unquote, easier or less, um, have less physical trauma during birth, and or to recover from birth faster and have more energy and less pain postpartum. I tend to get a lot of second time moms who are like, I did everything wrong the first time. Let's do it right this time. <laughs> um, so 
so that's, I kind of have people like dig into like, okay, what are your reasons? What's your why? And then think really critically about like, instead of me saying, okay, well, you shouldn't do this kind of an ab exercise. Like I would rather you understand the way that your body works, why something may or may not be problematic and give yourself the tools to understand that and make that decision for yourself. Because I think that's much more empowering. Um, If you haven't, you know, figured out how to own your body yet while you're pregnant is a really good time to start because you're about to be an advocate for your own body and for another being. So that's like a big, um, a big part of the reason that I do that in pregnancy and postpartum is just because it's good training for everything else that you're about to do. Yeah, Um, it is. And the other part of it is just like, how freaking amazing could your life be if you realized that you're the biggest expert on you that there is and that you get to make the right decisions for yourself regardless of what anyone else says. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you also mentioned that you see a lot of women who come in to, you know, like second time moms, first time moms who want to reclaim their bodies. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what, I know it's customized for each person in each body, Mm -hmm. but what would a program look like on a, you know, what, like, what would the exercises be like? Mm -hmm. Are they mat based? Are they machine based? Is it yoga based? What's it like? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's yoga. So because everything is in people's home, everything is, uh, I, my, my background as a group exercise instructor is yoga and Pilates and bar. So there's a lot of that in there. Um, mm-hmm. I also feel very strongly about women having the capacity to safely lift heavy loads. Um, the, like on a, you know, just kind of like going into like the technical side of things, um, yoga, Pilates, body weight exercises in general lack a lot of pulling strength, which when you, when you're a mom, your whole life is pulling. Your whole life is bending over and picking up a baby and bending over and picking up a baby and bending over and picking up a baby. And the position that you spend 95% of your day in is sitting in a chair hunched over a kid, especially especially if you're um, primarily feeding at the breast because you can never put that, you know, give that child to someone yeah. else to feed. Um, so motherhood is um, very challenging uh, from a physiological standpoint of, posture and, um, just needing to do a lot of lifting. Um, so it is a lot of mat based work to kind of regain the, well, let me, let's stop talking in theory. I'll just tell you what we actually do. So like, for example, typically we start our um, workouts with our core and breathing practices. I teach four breaths diaphragmatic. So we always start with diaphragmatic breath because it's all about just like coming into yourself, getting really embodied, feeling where you're at, calming down your nervous system as we take that transition into exercise and into quote unquote me time. Um, We do what I teach as a Kegel 2.0, which is not just squeeze your urethral sphincter, but is lift and engage the entire pelvic floor and release the entire pelvic floor. Um, I do offer a few assessments for people to figure out if they're possibly hypertonic in the pelvic floor, in which case they do skip all of the pelvic floor engagement and they focus on relaxing the pelvic floor. 
which is something I'm happy to talk about more if you're interested. Um, I teach a belly hug, which is a pelvic floor engagement with a transverse abdominal engagement. And then I teach what I call a core breath, which is holding a pelvic floor and a transverse ab engagement so that you can safely load the body, for example, in a plank. So that's like our warm up. Every single workout is just going through 10 breaths in each of those. Um, and I tend to find for the postpartum folks that alone addresses 90% of issues. It's a little bit of a, of a dig to my own ego. Cause I'm like, the stuff I teach them just gives them cute arm muscles. Like the, the core and the breathing work does like most of the heavy lifting as far as like actually addressing um, the, the pelvic floor and the core dysfunction symptoms. Um, How long do people have to practice before they really notice big totally results? Totally varies. Totally, totally yeah, varies. So yeah, um, depending people, on what their words were like, what their yeah. situation is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have, um, like right now in the current group, I have two people who ha who had, um, episiotomies in the last four months, five months, what month is it? Like four or five months. Um, and so for those folks, it's like, okay, well, we're going to have to just, your nerve, like you have to like build up that brain communication to the pelvic floor again. Like that's just going to mm -hmm. take time. Um, yeah. The, I would actually say more so than that, some of the most difficult cases are the people who are hypertonic in the pelvic floor. Um, Why don't, let's use another term. Hypertonic sure. means I, their muscles are too tight. Yes, their muscles are too tight. And I always like kind of cringe at the word tight because it has such a like misogynistic connotation. Yeah. But, but people know what you mean when you say tight. It's like, just like your muscle. shoulder is yeah. tight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So if, if the pelvic floor is over tight, people can have a lot of the same pelvic floor symptoms. Like you can have incontinence from an over tight pelvic floor. And so if you're thinking, you know, if you've done like Instagram 101 on how to recover from pregnancy and you've gotten this idea that like all you're supposed to do is Kegel, um, you're only actually going to make your symptoms worse if you are over tight in the pelvic floor. So those folks I, t I tend to find have, I don't want to say the most trouble, but the longest road as far as getting back to neutral because so much of the um, over-engagement is so habitual. It's how you sit. It's how you walk. It's how, like, it's how you do everything. So you're having to just retrain all of your patterns to just be like, oh, I'm, I'm squeezing my pelvic floor again. Oh, I'm squeezing my pelvic floor again. Mm -hmm. I tend to so, find often people who have had C-sections, and this is totally not based on any evidence other than my own experience, right, right, but I tend to right. find people who've had a cesarean birth have um, more issues with hypertonicity or being too tight in the pelvic floor because they didn't have a head pass through it. So they carried right. the weight of a pregnancy for nine months, like, whoo. Just thinking about that, like additional load on the pelvic floor, and then they didn't have it manually stretched to, to 10 centimeters. Yeah, yeah. Well, you and I have been talking for a little bit here. Mm -hmm. And um, what else do you want listeners to know? And I think maybe, you know, like where they can find out more information about mm -hmm. your programs, what kind of programs you might recommend that women look at first. 
Yeah. So I think the, the biggest thing that I want every, every time I'm on anyone's show, I want people to walk away with this feeling. Cause you know, I'm throwing out words like hypertonicity and, and all of these things that sound like maybe a little scary or overwhelming. And the biggest thing I want people to walk away with is the knowledge that whatever it is that you want to accomplish in your healing or in your future physical goals is attainable because you can just decide you're not going to stop until you get there. And that is the attitude that I would love for every woman to come into in her pregnancy and postpartum journey because one, it's true. If you just decide you're not going to quit until you get what you want, then you're going to get what you want. But also, what the heck is the point in believing anything else? So yeah. that's that's like really for me is just just decide that you can. Just decide that whatever it is you want is achievable and go after it like you actually believe it and and you got it. Um, so if people want to, you know, I said, this is all really simple. The only hard part is doing the work. So if people want to get really simple guidance from me, um, my social media channels are the best place. I have a really active Instagram at Kelly Bryant wellness. Um, I'm also on TikTok at Kelly Bryant wellness. If it is not banned forever, um, Facebook, I do lots of videos. I'm super active in my DMs. If people want to send me questions, I'm very receptive to that. And if they're ready to take the next step, my two programs are Thrive for Pregnancy and Reclaim for Postpartum. And those are both week by week. You can do it digitally on your own, or you can do it one-on-one with me where I'm really guiding you through every week of the experience. All right. Well, great. KellyBryantWellness.com. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Great. Yes, that Great. is correct. Everything is Kelly Bryant Wellness. Got it. Got it. Got it. Cool. So are you ready for our rapid fire roundup questions? So ready. Okay. Sounds good. You've kind of answered this one throughout our conversation, but what role does feminism play in your life? Mm, I am big on the the feeling that you get to be a feminist any way you want. And that's what feminism is about. So I... um I recently started wearing makeup and even lipstick for work just because, and I kind of, there was this part of me that's like, am I abandoning myself? Um, Am I, you know, am I not being true to the like, kind of like, I don't want to like sloppy. I don't know. Like the, I don't care. I'm just here to be strong. And I'm like, you know what? Screw that. I like how I look with fire engine red lipstick on. And that's what I think (laughs) feminism is about. All right. That sounds great. How would you fill in the blank? Nobody ever told me that. Oh man, but I like, I don't know the way to phrase this because it's not nobody ever told me, but I never believed that I would actually love being a mom. Isn't that crazy? I think the pendulum has swung so far toward like, motherhood is hard and pregnancy is hard and birth is hard and la 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 la. And I'm like, you know what? It's also freaking amazing. Like my birth was the most empowering thing I've ever done. I didn't love pregnancy, but, um, but like I look at my kid and I'm like, Oh my God, this is, she's one of my favorite people to hang out with. She's also sometimes a jerk, but like, I 
actually really enjoy hanging out with a two-year-old. And I did not think that would ever happen. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last question then is, where do you stand in the world of motherhood? Hmm. How do I want to answer this? Where do I stand in the world of motherhood? I'd like to say that I want to be at, at the bottom of the pyramid. I'm, I want to be, there's, have you seen the Netflix show cheer? I think it's called cheer. Yes. I want to be the person at the bottom of the pyramid. That's like, let me lift up all the people because that's what I feel like the, the work of empowering women to be embodied is it's like, I'm not, I'm not here to solve hunger or to like (laughs) get clean drinking water or to solve poverty. But I think that if every single woman felt safe in her body and pain free and in control of her life, then we could solve all of the world's greatest issues. That and some political willpower and voting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, pff, don't even get me started on like, why don't we vote? I, I mean, I, I don't think it's a far leap to go from the reason that we don't vote is the same reason we're terrified to ask for a second opinion at the doctor's office. Challenging authority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Kelly, we'll have to save that for the next conversation. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't get me pleasure. started. <laughs> me neither. It's been a pleasure to have you in on the conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank we'll you. Talk, we'll talk again. Bye-bye. Bye. That's it for this week, everybody. You can learn more about Kelly Bryant at kellybryantwellness.com. You can learn more about me at jeanfaulkner.com. Email me, Jean at Jean Faulkner. Tweet me, at Jean Faulkner. And find us on Instagram and Facebook at Pregnancy Parenting and Politics. Also, send me your questions and we'll try to answer them here on the podcast. Pregnancy Parenting and Politics is produced by Recluse Records. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk again next week.